0: Last week, I was speaking to, like, nobody but the camera. This week, we have a house full of people. Thank you, God, so much. And hopefully, one day, you will come down. I haven't forgot about you. Thank you so much. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. If you're there, would you say, I got it? It wasn't everybody. If you're there, would you say, I got it? Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed. Him. Please don't just breeze past this. Our clause of concern and the segment in our biblical narrative that I would like to bring your attention to. That is going to be the cruise line of this sermonic journey on tonight. Is the latter part of verse 18. Where the text tells us that Simon and Andrew were casting their nets. For they were fishermen. Can I get somebody to say fishermen? So they had nets. Simon and Andrew they had their nets and they were casting their nets for they were fishermen. And then verse verse 19 when Jesus gives them an instruction. Jesus gives them a command that radically changes their occupation. He says, "Follow me." Can I get somebody to say "Follow me"? Follow me. He says, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." Please don't miss this. Please don't miss this. Before meeting Jesus, they were casting their net. Before meeting Jesus, they were doing their own thing. Before meeting Jesus, they had their own occupation. Let's modernize this. Before meeting Jesus, it was all about them. Before meeting Jesus, they did what they wanted to do. But after they met Jesus, the text says they left their net and followed him. This is so good, y'all. Listen, before Jesus, they were trying to catch something. After Jesus, they recognized they were called to something. Did you hear what I just said? Before Jesus, they were trying to catch something. After Jesus, they recognized that they were called to something. And I'm trying to convince somebody under the sound of my voice, as hard as I'm sweating just in the introduction of my message, that God is trying to tell somebody, I'm trying to level you up. I'm trying to level you up. Because you were made for more. Listen, listen, a lot of us, you've had your net, and you've been casting it in wrong places. A lot of us, you had your net, and you've been casting it at the hooker bar. Uh-oh, y'all know how I do. You've been casting it in the club scene. You've been cla- ca- casting it in sex partner after sex partner, but this is the crazy thing. The more I'm casting, I'm not catching what I think I should catch. Y'all know how I do it. y'all ready. A lot of us have been casting, and I feel as though the Spirit of God is trying to tell somebody on tonight, "You have been made for more." Can I get you to say that out loud? I have been made for more. You have been made for more. And the reason you're so tired, you're so tired of somebody texting you or not texting you and throwing your whole mood off. The reason you're so tired of it, it's getting real now, is because the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is tired too. I'm like, okay, I'm tired too. Like, how, how many more nights are you going to give somebody who has no contribution to your destiny? who has no contribution to your calling, how are you gonna allow a text or the lack of a good morning text throw your whole mood back off? I feel like I'm speaking on the behalf of God on tonight. God is saying, you know what, I text you too. (laughs) I text you too. 39 text messages in the old and 27 text messages in the new. Matter of fact, let's use biblical terminology. You have a whole scroll. You have a whole scroll, and I believe God is saying, my text should be able to throw your whole mood back on. Why are y'all looking at me like that? I believe my text should be able to throw your whole mood back on. You know that text I sent you in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 13? When I told you that you're the head and not the tail, that you are above and not beneath, I'm just convinced my text message should be able to throw your whole mood back on. If that's not good enough, what about the text message that I sent you in Psalms chapter 139, verse 13 and 14? Well, I let you know that when you were in your mother's womb, I was knitting you together. I was knitting you together because you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. I'm just convinced that my text message should be able to throw your whole day back on. Oh, what about, y'all thought I was done. What about the text message I sent you in Jeremiah chapter 31? Verse 3, when I said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And I'm just convinced that my text message should be able to throw your whole mood back on. Can somebody say, somebody text me? <laughs> somebody text me. And I believe God is trying to convince us. My assignment on tonight is to get us to understand. I want us to learn how to love what God loves. And you know what God loves? You. You. I want us to learn to love what God loves, and God loves you. I want us to understand that God wants what they didn't, and that's you. (laughs) That is somebody. God wants what they didn't, and that's you. I'm trying to convince a whole generation that, look, we have to love the way that God cosmically created ourselves to be. Self-love. Self-love is not thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to think. But rather, it's thinking the same thoughts about you that the most high thinks. Somebody say, God text me. God God is trying to get us to level up. You're made for more. You're made for more. You're made for more. You're made for more. You, ma'am, whatever you're struggling with, God is saying, you're made for more than this. You're made for more than that. You, sir, because we struggle with it too. We just try to act hard with it. You're made for more. You're made for more. Somebody say, "Made made for more. You're made for more. But I wonder, I wonder, have we been casting our nets in the wrong places? And the thing about it, we have been casting our nets in the wrong places and we just adjusted to it. We just adjusted to the abuse. We just adjusted to the trauma. Eat lies and then wonder why our soul is hungry for the truth. Just adjusted to it. God is saying, you made for more. This dysfunction, we have actually learned how to function in dysfunction and then call that our personality. And God is saying, that's not who you are. I feel as though the Holy Spirit is trying to convince somebody, never confuse who you have become with who you have been made to be. I'm coming for somebody's scalp now. Never confuse who you have become, who you have become due to the divorce. Who you have become due to the addiction. Who you have become due to the molestation. I'm talking. Due to who you have become due to the church hurt. Because the church can hurt us too. Never confuse who you have become with who I have cosmically created for you to be. And just maybe you have gotten so comfortable with casting in ponds when God is saying, no baby girl, no my son, you've been made for oceans. Somebody say made for more. So as I was studying this text, I said, I wonder, I wonder have a lot of us mislabeled frustration. What if you have mislabeled your promotion as frustration? (laughs) It's getting quiet. I missed y'all. I haven't preached to a crowd in 15 months. What if what God is calling promotion, you're calling it frustration? In that very moment, they're out there fishing, minding their business. Jesus comes along and says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know what Jesus was really saying? You've been made for more. But here's the problem. Y'all ready? Can I get somebody to say my scalp? What do you do when God is calling you because you've been made for more, but you have feelings for the nets? so good. I'm hot for y'all. Anybody else sweating? I'm going to wipe my sweat. What do you do when God is saying you were made for more than that, but your identity is in the nets? What do you do when God is saying I didn't create for you to live like this, sir? I didn't create for you to live like this, ma'am. This is beneath who I called you to be. I have a purpose for your life. I have a calling for your life. I have an assignment for your life. And God is saying it's time for you to come higher and come deeper. But you have been exercising your love language on the nets. (laughs) It's a dangerous thing when you become patient with a counterfeit. (laughs) A counterfeit, y'all know how I do. A counterfeit opportunity. A counterfeit offer. What do you do when you have fallen in love with the nets? And I think maybe we have been mislabeling it. And what do the nets represent? The nets represent any and everything in your life that you think you need to be sustained. I think I need this. They're fishermen. I'm like, I need my nets. This is how I catch fish. I need my social media. This is how I catch likes. Like I need to have my breast out. This is how I catch men. Are y'all ready for this? (laughs) All right. All right. I love (laughs) y'all. Hope I see y'all again next week. (laughs) I I need this. I need this. This is how how I expect to catch closure. I have to be petty back. I need this. And God's saying, listen, until you recognize that I have promoted you with this. See, a lot of us are, are, are frustrated with downgrades. You don't need this anymore. The nets are symbolic of any and everything in your life you feel you need to be sustained. And the question I have for you on tonight is I wonder if you're in love with nets. I wonder if you're in love with the very thing that God is saying. You don't need that anymore. So yes, I want to take you to another level. But you have attachments with the nets you've been casting your heart with the nets and Jesus is saying the love that you're looking for you're not going to find it there you catching something but you're not catching love you catching something but you're not catching peace I wonder who has fallen in love with the nets and if I be honest I firmly believe that this message on tonight is designed to intimidate hell I believe that this message on tonight is dangerous. It's because it is gonna get a people to understand maybe I've been living too low. Maybe I've been dreaming too low. Some of us, the pandemic made you stop dreaming again. Don't dream anymore. I'm not putting my trust in nothing. I'm gonna throw away the whole calendar because COVID and show me it don't matter if you have plans. <laughs> Wonder has have you forgotten? That God has cosmically created for you to experience His love. This message on tonight is a PSA. It is a public service announcement. I may have been knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. This message on tonight is a declaration of war. I have now understood I no longer will settle for nets when God has called me to be a world changer. This message on tonight... It's a declaration of war because I fight better when I know I'm made for more. I fight better when I worship. I fight better when I'm fasting. Y'all not talking to me. I fight better when I'm praising. Because you know what praise is? Praise is thanking God for what he's done, what he's doing, and what he already did. Worship is thanking God for who he is. So when we combine those together, it's when I'm a person, I'm worshiping God for who he is, for what he's done, what he's going to do, what he did do, all the stuff I don't know that he did, because some of us haven't even recognized some stuff should have hit you, but you had a hedge. If I didn't need my towel, I would throw it. That was all right for some of us, but is there anybody else that like, you know what? I can give God thanks for the stuff that he has done, but can you give God praise for the stuff you don't even know about? The stuff you don't even know about. Opportunities, you thought it was your degree. God was like, no, girl, that was me. Stuff that you thought was your influence, God was like, no, that was me. I'm trying to protect you and cover you from stuff you don't even know about. My praise is a detonator. It causes things to explode in the spirit realm. So stuff has to get off my family. Stuff has to get off my children. Stuff has to get off my mind. Somebody's been asking the question, they said, why do I have to go through all this? And God is saying, you don't even understand, you are my plot twist. You are my plot twist. Y'all better come get me. You are my plot twist. Hell had a narrative, but I have one too. You're like, God, why is my family like this? God's like, you're my prototype. Don't you understand this? You are my trailblazer. And if you are going to be a trailblazer, stop expecting people who follow trails to support your blaze. People won't understand it. Mama may not understand it. Daddy may not understand it. And that's okay. Stop exchanging your light for their like. Somebody say made for more. I was made for more. And I'm not going to be churchy. Some stuff hurts. Betrayal, it hurts. Being lied to hurts. Being ghosted hurts. Losing loved ones hurts. Working hard and thinking that you're gonna get this opportunity but you didn't get it, a lot of that stuff hurts. Pain is gonna pay all of us a visit. Here's the thing about pain pain is not racist, pain is not sexist. Pain is not judgmental. Pain is going to pay all of us a visit We just have to be people where we have learned how to let pain be a visitor and not a house guest Say loud right there Forgot about y'all. We have to make sure That we're people who allow pain. It could just do a drive-by, but it can't spend the night Pain is going to pay all of us a visit But I have to recognize some pain is good for me for me to become who God has called me to be I'm preaching so hard on the night because I want this word to penetrate your soul for you this might be a celebratory moment but for me this is a war cry and you have come here on the night to get your marching orders a lot of us have been aiming too low A lot of us have been dreaming too low. We don't have inspirations, aspirations. We don't even pray anymore. The only time we pray and seek God is if there's a problem. The only time we seek his face. Some of us have prayed more from 2020 and 2021 than we ever have. And God said, I've been here the whole time when you were seeking him, girl. I was here waiting for you. How about trust me, God? But I wanted him. All your exes, girl, is an example of what it looks like when I haven't endorsed the thing. I have a plan for your life. You've been made for more. Somebody say, made for more. This is why you can't give up. This is why you can't settle. Some of us have tried. You can't get too comfortable on the canvas, can you? I'm done with all that church stuff. Jesus, that stuff don't work. I'm done with it. But something on the inside, you wouldn't let you give up. It's the Holy Spirit reminding you. You have been made for more. You have been Have been made for more I don't like this. I know, but you have been made for more it's uncomfortable I know but you have been made for more. I'm losing my friends I know but you have been made for more they are talking about me I know but you have been made for more. I want to clap back, but we're not doing that because you have been made for more I don't know who's gonna support. It's okay cuz you have been made for more somebody say made for more Made for more I might feel Overwhelmed, but I'm never outnumbered. I might feel overwhelmed, but I'm never outnumbered. And I want us to stop confusing a bad round as the whole fight. <laughs> Somebody's like, okay, but what if what if my standards? What if they make me lose this like it did the last time? What what if this doesn't work out like last time? <laughs> Y'all ready for this? It's not a standard if you're not willing to suffer for it. It's not a standard if you're not willing to suffer for it. We're going to deal with that later. I would like to speak from this thought, from this subject. That was all intro. Can y'all believe it? I would like to speak around this thought, from this subject, for a few moments on this grand reopening night made for more. God, you're awesome. You're awesome. And we pray right now, God, that this word will penetrate our souls. Help us to understand that we have not been cosmically created by you to be average, mundane, or typical. A lot of us, God, have stopped seeking you because we have gotten comfortable with our dysfunction. And my prayer on tonight... Is that you will use this word as inspiration, conviction, motivation, whatever you needed to do. Do surgery on tonight, oh God, and that's my typical request. Use me to be your PA system, your oracle. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer would just shout in the room, Amen. Amen. Everybody online, put in the room, Amen. Now, y'all know how I do it's confession time. Y'all ready? Y'all do it in all caps, but can I get everybody as loud as you can say, it feels so good to have people in here, as loud as you can say, can I get everybody to say, I was made? I was made. Was that loud to you? That wasn't loud. I want people who are in the parking lot just now getting here to run in because they heard you shouting. Can I get you to say with robust volume? Make sure it's from your diaphragm. Say, I was made. I was made. For more. For more than, this. than this. One more time, I was made. For more more than this. this. If you're ready, put your hands together in the house on tonight. I was made for more than this. Simon Peter and his brother Andrew were minding their business, fishing. Jesus comes along and calls them says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Church family, the crazy thing about this text to me is I don't even know if they know who Jesus was yet. (laughs) They're fishing, minding their own business, and Jesus just steps in. And when he really tells them, he says, hey, come follow me. I have made you a fisher for men. What he's really saying is, hey, you've been made for more than that. You've been made for more than. that. I wonder has Jesus ever interrupted your life? See, a lot of a lot of us we call it insomnia, but really it's an invitation. <laughs> I can't sleep. I don't know what God said. You have been made for more than this. You talk to everything else all day long. You post all day. You scroll all day. So why it's quiet? You can't sleep. Get up. We gotta talk. We gotta talk. It's not insomnia. This is, this is an invitation. We have a conversation. You were made for more. How long are you going to ignore my red flags but then ask for my blessing? How long are you going to ask for me to bless what I didn't send? How many more nights are you going to operate in rebellion? Because I told you to write that book. I told you to start that podcast. I, showed you this. I told you to start that YouTube channel. But you're more concerned about what people think. You were made for more and as jesus told them follow me you're made for more i believe the holy spirit is echoing the same thing right now i believe he's echoing the same thing you were made for more now listen i know it might be uncomfortable for whatever god is calling you to but i've discovered this comfort zones and callings are never going to be romantically involved It's getting quiet. You've been trying to relax. You've been trying to get comfortable. You've been trying to woo-saw on them boys. You've been trying to ignore it. And here's the thing, comfort zones and callings will never be romantically involved. Greatness doesn't happen here. The miraculous doesn't happen here. Your destiny is not awakened here. Your purpose is not awakened here. Some of us have laid in some places for so long that we have spiritual bed sores. I'm trying, sis. We've been staying in a place for so long that we have spiritual bed sores. And it takes a nurse to come in. I feel like I'm a nurse on the night. It takes a nurse to come in and push you because you are getting bruises of your worry. You are getting bruises of your doubt. You are getting bruises and I have to push you and I have to move you because you laid in the place for too long and you've been made for more than this. You've been made for more than this. God gave them an instruction. And I believe for somebody under the sound of my voice, God has given you an instruction too. God has given you an instruction for you to step out of the boat of normalcy and walk on the waters of the unknown. I'm talking to somebody. I felt it. Whatever it is, a book, an apology, a podcast, a community group, whatever it is, there's something that God has given you an instruction. Not just tonight. Tonight's just confirmation like your fifth one. (laughs) Like how many more confirmations do you need before you're going to be like, all right, Jesus. God has given us an instruction that is going to require for you to step out of the boat of normalcy and stand on the waters of the unknown because your calling is not going to be discovered in your comfort zone can we talk it is better for me to stand in the discomfort of evolution than for me to lay in the cemetery of familiarity and you might cry but i've discovered one thing about your tears sometimes they're watering the seeds of your evolution this is for somebody y'all Scared, nervous. God, are you going to do this? I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to step out on the boat. I don't want to end this. I don't want to go here. Will you still bless this? And God is saying, Listen, for you to be everything that I have called for you to be, you're going to have to step out of the boat of normalcy. But I wonder, do you care more about the people in the boat, their comments, their likes, their following, so much so to where you risk? not taking the step at all. It's going to be hard, but listen, it's going to be better for you to adapt to their absence than for you to adjust to their demons. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be better. I don't know about you, but has anybody ever arrived to this place where I'm tired of wondering what could be? I'm ready to experience what is. Thank you for the five claps. (laughs) Have you ever got tired of wondering what would happen if I was consistent? What would my body look like if I stuck to that workout I started on January 1st? Thank you for the seven claps. (laughs) I I I wonder what my marriage would look like. If I stop projecting all my insecurities on them and saying, God, change them. But really, when you pray, God is saying, I'm trying to change you. I wonder what your singleness would look like if you understood that waiting never feels like waiting when your kingdom. I'm getting like five or six golf claps. How y'all doing in the room? Like the chat, they not feeling me. They're not feeling me. I'm trying to convince the people you were made for more. What would your spirit man look like if you opened your Bible, not just on Thursday or Sunday, but on your own, you're feasting. This is how pastors can manipulate you because they know you're not studying for yourself. You're not reading for yourself. Uh Uh-oh. You're not reading a word for yourself. This is not something that I'm doing just because I'm called to it. You're called to be a student of the scriptures too. You're called to, to fast too. Why do I think that that's a the job? <laughs> I wonder what your joy meter would look like if you began to trust in the Lord. God is telling somebody in here who is married, I want to bless your covenant. I really do. See how quiet it is? I heard the baby say was, well, Amen. <laughs> I want to I wanna bless your covenant because your marriage should be your safe house, not your psychiatric ward. Uh-oh. It, it, it's something that I do want to bless, but I think sometimes we forget. This is for unmarried people, too. I don't even know why God's taking it this route. I think this is something that we forget. Marriage is supposed to be a replica of Christ and his church. It's supposed to help you be holy, not help you be happy. Oh, y'all ready? Listen, because culture didn't lie to you. It's supposed to help you be holy, not help you be happy. I don't know how many times I got to say this, but repetition is the mother of learning. Listen, happiness comes from the word happens. So so you're telling me you're going to let your emotional well-being stand on the thread of what happens to you? (laughs) your whole emotional this is could be why you're so stressed because you are expecting other people to do things that make you happy joy is greater than happiness I know you don't want to hear this but I'm not trying to be popular I'm trying to be effective joy is better than your happiness because happiness is based on what happens And based on the world, the world, based on the way the world is, I'm not gonna be happy at all if I just watch the news. If I just watch the pandemic, are we in a pandemic? Are we in an endemic? I need to know. I need to have joy. Joy is a kingdom exclusive. Listen to me. Listen. It is exclusively for those who have made their mind up to live for the kingdom. Joy is a kingdom exclusive. So maybe, just maybe. Your marriage is so stressed because there's so many wills. You have a will, he has a will, and God has a will too, and they all fight. I'm married too. You have a will, and God has a will, but you will to do your will, and you want God's will to bend to your will. Have you ever prayed and asked God to do what you wanted him to do, and you really don't want him to do what he wants to do, but you're like, God, would you do this? Bless this. I love you, God. You're so awesome. Hey, Hallelujah. <laughs> what if I told you that God doesn't traffic in preferences? Somebody's been praying, it's like God is not speaking. He's just going quiet. I don't know what happened. I challenge you, is it God is not speaking? Or could it be he's not speaking what you prefer? Okay, we're going to get quiet now. And since he's not speaking what we prefer, we think he's silent. Preach, Holy Ghost. God is saying, listen, there's a kingdom work that I have for you to do. And as I was studying, I said, God, I need like five points on what we were made for. Give me like five points. He just gave me two. (laughs) I said, God, are you sure? I mean, this grand reopening. We need like seven points. It's completion. Give me eight. The number of new beginnings. This is new. All things new. (laughs) So, no, it's just two things. Just two things. I need you to stand before my people and encourage them. There are two things, really, that you were made for. Everything else falls under the umbrella of your Christianity. Number one, it is a biblical word that we don't hear about anymore. It's a word that I heard in vacation Bible school and a word I heard in children's church. Some people might even consider it an old school word, but I don't think so. God was like, okay, I need them to know point number one, you were made to be an ambassador. Yeah. I'ma give you Bible. Y'all ready? I'ma give you Bible. Look, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. It says, now then we are, what's that word? Out of here. What's that word? Ambassador. What's that word? Ambassador. One more time, what's that word? Ambassador. Somebody lined didn't hear you. What's that word? We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. Are y'all seeing this? We implore you on whose behalf? Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Okay, y'all got to get this, because this messed me up. I said, okay, God, so what are we called to be? What are we made for? He said, okay, we're made to be an ambassador. I need you to go break down what an ambassador is, because a lot of people think that's just some political figure. I need you to break that down. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is an accredited official from another country or another kingdom who is the official representative of that kingdom to a foreign country. It's like, whoa. Whoa. I need to say that one more time. An ambassador isn't an accredited official. Everybody, your accreditation is the blood. I can shout right there, but I gotta get to my notes. Your accreditation is the blood. If you are an ambassador, this means you are blood covered from another kingdom, and you are the official representation of that kingdom to a foreign kingdom. Now watch this, listen. Ambassadors live by another government. It's time to teach now. If you are an ambassador, this means I live according to another government's rules. I live by another set of laws. Okay? Because I come from another place. I'm just the official representative of a kingdom I come from so I need you to understand that God has a government God has a government he has decrees he has statutes, he has principles and he has kingdom keys and that is what I live by and you could tell in my dialect cuz I have an accent I talk a little different cuz I'm not from here I don't respond petty like other people I don't curse them out on 45 like other people it's not because I'm better than them I'm an ambassador (laughs) <laughs> I'm an ambassador. So you can tell it by the way I talk. You can tell it by the way I walk. Now it makes sense. It's not legalism. This is just understanding you're an ambassador. You can tell it by the way I spend. You could tell it by the way I serve. You could tell it by the money I get because it's not mine anyway. It belongs to a kingdom. Now, I tried this before, way back when there was like 40 people in here, but I'm going to try the left side for y'all to say it. And then the right side, I want y'all to echo it. Y'all already have a little battle? Yeah. Y'all don't sound like it. Yeah. Y'all already have a little battle? Yeah. All right. So, the left side, I want you to say, when God blesses me, it's for me to bless you. All right? That's all I want you to say. When God blesses me, it's for me to bless you. All right? They don't sound confident. All right? Right side. Are y'all going to be my strong side? Y'all remember the, remember the Titans? Left side, strong side. Right side, y'all going to be my strong side? So you're going to say, when God blesses you, it's for you to bless them. Y'all got to hit those high notes, too. When God blesses you, it's for you to bless them. All right? So y'all going to say, when God blesses me, it's for me to bless you. When God blesses you, it's for you to bless them. All right? So let's practice. Just left side. Let's go. One, two, three. Hit it. When God me. Terrible. Really? What type of blessing y'all got? <laughs> when God blesses me, it's for... I need you to say it like you want God to bless you. Anybody want to be blessed? Okay, so left side. When God blesses me, it's for me to bless you. All right, y'all ready? One, two, three, let's go. When God blesses me, it's for me to bless you. I feel it. All right, somebody on the right side was, when God. All right, so when God blesses me, it's for me to bless you. When God blesses you, it's for you to bless them. Let's try it, one, two, three, let's go. God me. It's for me to bless you. Okay. God you. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Anybody who's seen drumline, help me with this. One band? Oh, yeah. Alright. You're gonna make me hit you with the flight of the bumblebee. That was terrible. I was hyping y'all up too. When God blesses you, when God blesses me, it's for me to bless you. When God blesses you, it's for you to bless them. All right, let's try it. One, two, three. Let's go. When God blesses me, it's for me to bless you. All right. Again. Again. Last time. When God blesses me, it's for me to bless you. All right. When God you, for you to bless them. All right. Yeah. Now look. So, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get something like raised. And before you go do what you want to do, you're going to hear, When God blesses me, it's for me. (laughs) Can somebody say "I'm I'm an ambassador? So, whatever I have, whatever I get, listen, listen, it's not mine. It's getting quiet. It's not mine. Everything you have, your wealth, your health, your children, your job, everything you have, your car, your strength, your mind, your oxygen, everything you have is so that you can represent the kingdom. Now listen, listen, listen. This this biblical education changes everything. Because if I recognize that I live by another government's laws, if you don't like me, if you don't accept me, that doesn't matter to me because I live by another law anyway. So, what the world rejects, you got to understand this the world is not our model, they're not our mirror. The world is our canvas, and we're God's paintbrush. Where God can say, this is what it looks like when you're made for more. This is what it looks like when you exercise purity. Not just ladies, men too. This is what it looks like when you seek my face. This is what it looks like when you exegete the word of God. This is what it looks like when you serve. Because I am a fish representative of another kingdom. Somebody say ambassador. Ambassador. Now look, here's the crazy part. Our version of more and God's version of more are not the same. Somebody was feeling like, yes, I made for more. Until you know what God wants more of. <laughs> keep writing your notes and keep laughing. Our version of more and God's version of more are not the same. See, because you want more influence. God wants more intimacy. Thank you for the one clap on my left. <clears throat> yeah, you, you want more notoriety God wants more sobriety you want more opportunities I know every night praying God open the door open the door open the door you want more opportunities God wants more devotion you want more income listen you want more income God wants more gratitude You want more options? God, I need more options than this. You want more options? God wants more obedience. So while you shouting and saying I'm made for more, God is saying that's right, for more obedience. And I'm standing before you, standing before you sweaty on the night to let you know obedience costs. I don't know if they preach this enough, but obedience comes with the cost. Obedience might require for you to call somebody back and apologize Am I talking to mature people y'all ready? Obedience Requires if in your immaturity You went out and you slandered somebody and you painted an image of somebody that was false and your maturity you go back and restore the painting What I said about them I said in my feelings what I said about them I said in my flesh It's getting quiet now obedience Oh, y'all ready for this next one? Yeah. Mama, sometimes obedience requires for you to give the key back. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody, like, what key? The key to that, your house. Yeah. What key? The key to your apartment? The key to your town home? The key to your car? The key. Don't start me. <laughs> Some of y'all looking like, I ain't coming back. I'm not coming back. And it's hot in here. I'm not coming back. Yeah. Obedience might require for you to give that key back. (laughs) Asking God, listen, listen, listen. We delay what God is trying to send when we're holding on to what he didn't send. And so now we get frustrated at God. We begin to question God and start talking about preachers. All that church stuff is fake. They don't know what I'm going through. And God is saying, I just need your obedience. Obedience opens doors that you never even had to knock on. Obedience. I think the worst thing that the church could ever do is cause people to shout, to Yale, but they don't give them doctrine. You know what that does? I will be up here preaching about a reality you have never experienced. And so now you're done with Christianity because I'm not telling you the truth. I don't give you hype. I give you doctrine. Yes. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You made for more. I know God said, yeah, I want more of you. When you leave here on the night, I want more of your time. Instead of scrolling on IG to repost something, that's great. But I want you to spend time updating your spirit. Where I could post holiness in the world in your life. How about post that? (laughs) Yeah. The problem is, you can't post spiritual growth. Can't. And so we have a whole generation who's looking for stuff that is post-worthy. While we have all of heaven looking for a person that he could post to the world. Yeah. Somebody say ambassador. Yes. I'm almost done. I know y'all don't like it. I'm almost done. Here's the thing. Whenever our, of, whenever our view of more is not congruent with God's view of more, you will have more. But you'll also have less. So yes, you may have more money. But you have less peace. Because your version of more and God's version of more are not congruent. So yeah, you have a large house. You got a lot of followers. Your bank look nice. You got a lot of clothes. But God's like you don't have a lot of peace. You don't have a lot of joy. And I want to give you that real joy. I want you to be real. I want you to be so whole offline, just like you appear online. All right, let me get to my last point. All right. So number one, God wants us to be an ambassador. Everybody say ambassador. Yes, number two, last point, he wants us to be a love banner. A love banner. Two. Two things. What are you made for? You're made to be an ambassador. Ambassador. And you're made to be a love banner. And as I was studying, I understood something. Now I understand why hell tries so aggressively to distort the view of love. It's a war move. How do you destroy a man's name? You distort his image. I could say some names right now, but I'm not because I'm not trying to offend anybody. I could say some names right now. All of us know who I'm talking about. But as soon as I say their name, it is tied to an image of something that they have done. Okay? How do you destroy a man? You distort his image. Now, what are you? You're made in the image. Y'all got it. Look, look, look. You're made in the image and likeness of God. So if I could distort the view of love on the ambassador... Then now the world will not see them as love banners, they will see them as hypocritical judges. This is so good, y'all. Did y'all hear me? It's it's not about just breaking your heart, it's about breaking an image. That's what it's about. You're made for more, you're made to love. So I want to distort your view of love when you're six. I want to distort your view of love when you're 14. It's not about romance. It's the litmus test of the believer. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. By the way, you what? Love. But what if your view of love is distorted? Or like how I preached a few weeks ago, our last text, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I just did a whole message about it two weeks ago about self-love. How do I love my neighbor as myself if I don't love myself? If I have a distorted view of loving me, and I think God made a mistake, and I think he put me in the wrong family, he put me with the wrong person, he put me in the wrong ethnicity, now I won't be able to love myself, which limits my ability to love others. Now understand, Jesus said, this is the greatest commandment. All ten of them. Let's reduce them to the way you love me, the way you love you, and the way you love others. What were you made for? You were made to be an ambassador. And you were made to be a love banner. And on Sunday, I'm starting a new series. Now listen, don't come here on Sunday. Sunday's online. Okay, I'm glad that came to me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Sunday's online only for now, okay? But on Thursday, on Sunday, I'm starting a new series on discernment. Okay? All right? Listen, y'all can play like the end music or whatever. I'm done. Sunday... We're doing a series on discernment. When y'all come next Thursday, be part two. The reason I felt the Holy Spirit let me here is because my people can't discern what's me and what's them. Listen, so many sermons have gone forth in the earth that have made you shout and made you dance, made you cry, sometimes made you feel nothing. And the Holy Spirit is dealing with me personally. Jerry, if they don't know what I'm talking to them, if they don't know the voice of Satan, if they think that is just a negative thought versus a thought that has been cast in their mind from hell they will begin to believe things about themselves that I don't believe about them and I need them to be able to discern my voice because I'm talking we're living in the end times y'all and God is talking he has so much to say listen he's talking the thing is it's not always we're not listening we don't know his voice You don't know his voice so you hear messages like this you write them down, you take notes you drive home, you tell somebody about it, I hope you do, you post about it you bring somebody next week, I understand you want to do all that, but God's saying listen know a alone time when I'm talking to you I want you to know this isn't gas in your stomach it's not due to them tacos you ate <laughs> that tension you felt before you respond to that text that was me Okay? If we be honest, we don't know what's God and what's us. God will never send you something that's toxic. And he will never send you, listen. Listen. Listen, all throughout this sermon, God's been speaking. I feel it. God will never send you something that's toxic. And he will never send you anything or any opportunity that takes you further away from himself. Never. Never. And the fact we're trying to justify, well, I got to work more, I need it. Your kids need you right now. Every open door is in God. It's not. More money doesn't mean God did it. I need to know God's voice. Would you help us to understand that you've made us for so much more? More than failure. More than depression. More than hopelessness. The tears that we cry at night. Are the frustration we try to work out in the gym. Because we think it's too manly to cry. The pain that we feel in our heart. The questions that we have that haven't been answered. God, we're praying right now. Would you cause a stillness in our soul? And remind us, it's simple. Two things. Be my ambassador. Be my representation in the earth. And love me. Love people. And love yourself. In Jesus' name, we ask that you do it. In Jesus' name, amen.